1: Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562 314 4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This message will self destruct.
2: It's time to begin the
0: they say in Tenseltown, roll up. This is a football Friday edition of Dirt and Spray. They had pride, they had talent, they had hats
3: and t shirts. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. Download the Odyssey app, follow 1080 The Fan, and enable push notifications to get the latest on the Ducks, Beavers, Blazers, and more.
1: Dirt and Spray on 1080 The Fan.
2: Oh! Right, six oh two in the Rose City. Time for dirt and spray on Portland Sports Leader, ten eighty. The fan. I <laughs> hit the on button.
3: I hope that's not a sign of things to come for today.
2: Oh, oh, Schultzy, it's not. It's a great day. It's Friday, baby. It's a football Friday. Well, it y- yeah, technically, kinda, sort of. For two more weeks. It's a flag football Friday. I will tell you why. Even though I thought I hit that button on the on switch uh, before the show started, that is not a bad omen. Nothing can be a bad omen today, Schultze. It's a good day. And it's not just because it's a football Friday. Did you not hear what happened? Uh, other than the Seahawks introducing their new head coach, it, it, tell me. I mean that that's a big day for Seahawk fans. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Panther yeah. fans excited. Charger fans excited.
3: Blazers were off. Like Beavers lost last night. Unfortunately. Why so did college, you? Yeah, you had to go basketball. there. Okay. Well, I'm trying to think of like sporting events that like happened and that there were. But you I said s- it's a great day. Why did you need to say Oregon State lost? Uh, sorry. I just, <laughs> that's l- l- little dig. I love you, but little, little Beavers
2: dig. That's okay. Me and your dad. We'll uh, we'll go talk about that later. All All right. Right. Just abandon us and. Uh, (laughs) Uh, dug the knife in deep no today is a great day schultzy yesterday i don't know about you i always wonder how many people do this when we get random weather like we got yesterday don't you just kind of start walking around outside like oh man i have to enjoy this i have to take this in oh 60 degree january february Uh, yesterday was Delightful, gorgeous. You know what that translated into today, right? Groundhog Day. It's Groundhog Day. <laughs> did you right. see the results?
3: Oh no, that's what you're talking about. Mm. Did tony Phil actually not see his shadow?
2: He did not see his yes! shadow. We've got early spring here, baby, and I'm gonna do it. Hooray! Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this, and I shouldn't. But if my co-host was here. He would definitely do it, especially after yesterday and the news of Puxatani Phil. Spring's here. It's here, baby. No more snow. No more freezing ice storms. We've got spring, baby. I'm declaring it on February 2nd. I love it. It's very dirt-like of me to do that. Hey, it's okay. He, he's not here, so you've got to take the
3: reins on that uh, whole dirt persona, right? He did it three years ago, and we got two snowstorms after he declared it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you're not doing the same thing to us as Dirt did then. Thanks,
2: uh, well, you know, the, the majority uh, times that he does it, he ends up kind of being right. But yeah, he had one year where it just went completely against him. He had we had two snowstorms. But was that when Punxsutawney Phil also didn't see a shadow? I don't remember. I feel like this is the first year Phil didn't see a shadow in quite some time.
3: Ditto. I was just talking to my wife a couple days ago, like, ah, we should, hey, put that old uh, movie Groundhog Day in. It's hilarious. And I love me some Bill Murray, but yeah, I can't remember the last time that Punxsutawney Phil did not see a shadow.
2: It would just be really nice to have
3: an early spring. I I so agree with you, but a mild spring because last year we went from like 45 degrees in April to like 80. There was no transition of 60 65 degrees. I'm okay with that. Give me you, 80. Screw that. That's the reason why I love living here in the Willamette Valley, man. I love the 60-70 <laughs> degrees. I love that mild. I wear shorts all the time. I don't know what else you expect for me to love. It's that mild perfect 60 to
2: 70. Trust yeah, me. I side note this uh, The TV is on TNT, and I'm assuming it's because people were watching the basketball game yesterday, wow. and sometimes it gets left on, and I'm looking over to my left, and I've got Alyssa Milano grinding on a dude on the TV show Charmed right now at 6 a.m. Well, I mean, she's asking for
3: donations for that GoFundMe for her kids' uh, baseball travel team, so I I guess... She's asking
2: for donations. Alyssa Milano? Uh, The actress? Yeah, yeah. She's asking for donations? Uh, Alyssa Milano,
3: yes. Let me bring this story up, but there is a story that recently came out, I think a week or two ago, asking about uh, a GoFundMe that was a total of $10,000 for her son's travel baseball team. And Alyssa Milano doesn't have ten <laughs> thousand. That's kind of the whole get. That's kind of the whole get up. And people are, were attacking the hell out of her on mm. social media. She's she came out. And she's like, you know, I paid for kids that didn't have the money for uniforms. And it's like, you know, you still have the extra ten grand. And and as you say, mm. you're watching her grind on some dude on Charmed. I wonder what the royalties that she she is getting from this scene that you're watching right now. they're probably enough to pay for that one season of baseball.
2: Uh, just right there alone, probably a dollar eighty. I hope now a little com- bit more. Now compute that with the last five hours of TNT programming overnight. Oh, man, she's cleaning the house. I would have assumed $10,000 would be nothing for Alyssa Milano, but eh. I also don't know her finances, and I don't know what actors and actresses. Not everybody's making $25 million a movie oh, like she's... Leo DiCaprio. Isn't she married to a Hollywood agent, too? So so I don't think I it's no just idea.
3: her income. I think the whole household is doing quite well. Mm. <laughs> A little Butch? highfalutin there. Let's raise some funds for kids who don't have money. <sighs> yeah, the the sons and daughters of rich parents. Yeah, they so need our GoFundMes.
2: That's on people if they want to donate to that cause. That's not a cause I would sign up for, but that's okay. Oh, as soon as she posted it, I think within hours, there was like
3: $8,000 out of $10,000 paid for, there along with all of the trash that she was getting online.
2: Well, uh, generally, uh, in nature, online is trash, so I'm not shocked to hear that. If people want to donate, let them donate. Uh, I'm just excited that spring is here. Hell spring is yeah. sprung. Spring is here. I, I, will, I, I will go against you here. I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I'll take 80. I will burn like an uncooked bird because I'm so pasty white. A little toasty. But I'll take 80 all day. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm just not a cold weather guy anymore. I can deal with the rain, but like I'd much prefer not to have... As much rain as we do. I'm The older I'm getting, the more I'm like, I need to move to a warm climate, but it's not going to happen. So I'll take 80 degrees next week if we're going to get it. You're like 36, but you're already like 60. That's funny. Like, I need to go to Arizona. I appreciate you calling me 36. I'm 37 now. Really? Oh, I'm old. Um, yeah. I mean, I turned 35 here in, what, two weeks? I, I'm kind of dreading that. It's You know, it's weird. I, I don't have a... Um, I'm not that I'm there yet, but like many people suffer from midlife crisis mm-hmm. and i i again i'm not there at 37 but i will say like the idea of being 40 is really weird i have a buddy of mine he's coaching at my uh my high school my yeah. alma mater and uh we went a couple of us went out and uh wanted to go support him he's he's the varsity head coach it's a really big deal right absolutely good for you guys so we went out there i'd been in that high school since i graduated in 05 i think i know what you're gonna say and i love it what that it
3: just looks tinier.
2: Uh, no, okay. Park, Park Rose never looks tiny. Uh, it just it looked a little different, and some things looked exactly the same. It was really weird to sit in the stands and watch. I mean, he was watching his team, and they're playing Hillsboro, yeah. because Park Rose in Northeast Portland obviously has to play Hillsboro in the same conference. That makes a lot of sense. Oh, always. Oh, say, hey, baby. And uh, we're watching this game. It just it felt weird. I got hit with nostalgia, and then somebody said something, and I'm like, You know, we're almost 40, right? Like high school might feel like, oh man, that's right. We were here in this memory, in this moment. We're almost 40. You're like Uncle Rico now in Napoleon Dynamite, like, ah,
3: oh, those years, I could have thrown that football over those damn mountains. If Coach
2: would have put me in the fourth quarter, we would have won state. We would made state. <laughs> God. It was a little bit of that, though. It was, uh, you know, I was almost 40-year-old. I'm like, oh, my God, you're right back in my high school. So
3: reminiscing, baby. And, and that just in that moment, does that make you feel good about yourself, like, indifferent? Because... Uh, uh, Some people say aging is good, you know, like my dad, as he's gotten older, he's kind of talked about how the growth of his kids and watching, you know, uh, start our lives like that. That has been very fulfilling for him. So Mm. so I feel like there's multiple takes on aging. It's good. It's bad. And hitting near 40 or getting close to that. I I just do wonder what people are feeling. Well,
2: okay, so you're you're thirty, thirty four going on
0: thirty five. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,
3: Like me.
1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
3: I'm on February 18th, Okay, so you're bro- Oh. Birthday month. There you go. Sharing, a, sharing it with John Travolta, Vanna White, and unfortunately, Yoko Ono. As ah. well. So no thanks to that.
2: I share mine with Jay-Z
3: and Skip Bayless. Okay, that's kind of awesome on both accounts. Really? I I, I mean, nobody. One of those
2: I'm not happy about. Nobody loves Skip Bayless. But... <laughs> nobody. 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 He's like the highest paid person at FS1, and he's got like the least watched show of all the major It's my shows. turn now! God. All right. Let's give him another five million dollars. 40 is a weird one, though. Four, like, 4-0. 40 years old. And again, three years out, but like the idea of it being just right around the corner, that did hit me. And I, it didn't make me feel bad. It didn't... I don't feel amazing about it because now my bones are creaking when I just stretch or move my arm. Getting out of bed, you're like, what? But I generally have enjoyed the aging process so far. All right. There's elements of it that you probably just naturally don't like and don't want. Uh, but I also like having uh, being a seasoned vet. That's how I comp it. I'm a seasoned vet. Got a little bit more experience under the belt. I'm a nine year NBA player. Like you know that. I have I have enough experience where you can trust me on that bench. I could be a good role guy, not a franchise player for sure. Maybe win a six man of the Year award once or twice
3: in yeah. your career. Depending on the
2: setting, yeah, if you Hell need yeah. uh, you got a good five and you just need that one, I think I could be that. Yeah, and I'm okay with that. You got to accept what your lot in life is, man.
3: Well, that's good because I I think I'm starting to like get that mindset in my head and I'm not sure that I like it yet. I'll get there. I'm going to be all right. But but it is, you know, hitting thirty five. We all don't always live to like 100, you know, so everybody's like, oh, that midlife crisis comes oh. when you're 50. And I'm like, well, isn't the average lifespan like 72, 73, 74? It's like
2: 77, I think. Okay, for like men, 77, a little bit higher. 79
3: for but women. A lot of people check out
2: around 70. So I'm like, mm. whoa, am I really at the midpoint of my life? God help me. I like to uh, sometimes be dark and depressing to friends when they're like talking about their birthdays. And I have a buddy who was like, yeah, I'll be 37 this year. And I'm like, cool. That means you're 3 from 40, you're 10 from 50, and then that makes you only 10 from 60, and then you're 10 from 70, and then at that point, you could die at any moment. You need to check out. And they just looked at me like, whoa, thanks. Thanks for putting it that way. Well, there's this, guy, I
3: can't remember what the commercial's for. It might have been for like a car, but but it's like a muscled-up dude, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, 80 summers, 40 Christmases, like whatever. He's just naming the events in your life. Oh, like, how many you got Yeah, yeah, of those? five yeah, new cars, right. and you're done. And I'm right. like, Holy crap,
2: like, that, it is, don't say that, please. You know, the weirdest part about it was sitting in the stands and talking about almost being 40 and being back in your high school. The weirdest part was I saw administrators at the high school that I hadn't seen since 2005. Still kicking, still there. Still there, but the wild thing to me was seeing them and, like, seeing the aging process has also hit them but they were grown ass adults when I was in high school, and now they're they're kind of older people. They look like grandparents now. One of them did, yeah, and yeah. it, it kind of that threw me off. It wasn't it's not about me. I Absolutely. whatever, I'll be 40. I'll take it. It was more like seeing somebody I knew and I really liked and you know, they're still out there. they're still working for the school, doing great things and well respected and liked. but yeah, all gray and kind of walking a little slower. I was like, man, like that's the element of life that hits you. I don't so much view in me. Oh, I'm 40. I'm 45. I'm 50. Maybe I will when I get to 50 because 50 is a pretty big number, but seeing them, it was like, man, that's not how I remember them. It was just wild to go. I'm basically at my 20 year reunion. I'm a year away from it from high school. And so you just do the math. You're like, yeah, I guess you do the math and yeah, that person is that age. It's crazy. <laughs> a lot of people adding some crow's feet at that point, huh? Or, I mean, I got the crow's feet. There are lots of wrinkles. I
3: mean, God, I look at my face compared to ten years ago. I'm like, where did you go? The youth that I had. Oh, really? I,
2: my see, I think there's an element of me. I'm kind of Benjamin Button in my life. Oh, you're you're so you're aging like fine wine, kind of going the opposite way. I, I'm, no, I'm, I'm no way trying to say I'm aging like fine wine. That's a bit much. I'm a pretty ugly, dude. But if you see pictures of me from my like my early twenties, my mid twenties, yeah. 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 I was I was fatter in the face. I was fatter in general. I'm more healthy. Ah, there you go. I like to hear that. But
3: I would champion that you can even as an ugly dude, which you are not, age like fine wine. See example John Cryer, star of two and a half men. That dude looked awful in his. Who's John Cryer? Which one is he? He's uh, not Charlie Sheen. Oh, okay, okay. So he's the guy that stayed. When <laughs> he's they He's the nerd okay. that always was trying yeah. to get the sex and the life that Charlie Sheen's character lived, but he just kind of what's couldn't. wrong with John Cryer? What'd he do? Nothing. I'm telling you that a lot of people kind of looked at him., oh, he kind of looks nerdy, but now, whatever he was on a new show or he is doing a new show, and my wife and I were watching it the other night and was like, Whoa, that guy got a lot better looking with age. I mean, money helps, but sure, there is hope for the lesser looking dudes. If you're like, ah, crap, I don't look how I want to look in my 20s or my 30s. Like, ah, you know what? Take care of yourself a little bit.
2: You can maybe get there when you're 40. It is okay. You didn't have to peak in high school. We, uh, we're aging well on the show, and we're celebrating spring today. That's why it's a great Friday, Schultzy. I love it, man. I'm
3: about to start singing some Pennsylvania polka. Break out the music, we're having some fun. Pennsylvania polka. I love that movie. I need I need to go watch that like when I get home today.
2: I don't even know what movie you're talking. about.
3: That's Groundhog Day. That's the song that oh, they're playing gotcha. when they get to Gobbler's Knob. Okay, come on. Why, why are you
2: yelling at me right now?
3: Because <laughs> you don't. You're you're bringing up the fact that it's an early spring. I'm singing all <laughs> these theme songs about it. You're like,
2: the hell's that? Right, it's okay. I love. I'm you not out. bad at. I'm I'm not good at memorizing music. It's just like one of my real faults is I don't know who sings what songs and okay. what albums and. I listen to music all the time. I just don't pay attention like to direct uh, connections to artists and whatnot. If you watched Groundhog Day as often as I had, you you'd know that movie front to back. And I'm pretty much there. I shouldn't tell you my take then on
3: that movie, should I? That's okay. It's like a, I mean, it's, it. it your take necessarily doesn't matter. I don't think matter. it's in my top five Bill Murray movies. That's okay. It's in the vault sealed for all time and history. To oh, be, it's part of the resume for it, sure. Yeah. yeah. It, well, it's part of the, it's like one of the films that is historically like been preserved. So, well, yeah,
2: uh, Schultz, I, I tell you the high school story. I want to start with this. Nostalgia hit me last night in sports and I'll tell you how. We got a loaded show, Dirt and spray. We're in Sprague line today, thirty to so get the spray line sponsors in. Let's get it going. On 1080 The Fan. This is a Football Friday edition of Dirt and Sprague.
3: Brought to you by the Odyssey app.
2: On 1080 The Fan. All right, welcome back in. 6.20 a.m. on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan. Dirt and Sprague here. Schultz in for swag. Swag will be back on Monday. Uh, We have a lot to get into today. We've got some new coaching Hires from the National Football League. We've got the Adio to get to. Uh, Trevor Sykema is the lead NFL draft analyst for PFF. He is in Mobile, Alabama. And he is going to join us today at the Daily Ticker at 7.30 uh, to give us his read so far on how the Senior Bowl is going for a lot of our Ducks and our Beavers and some Huskies out there. Uh, I know a lot of people are on social media and they're seeing some of the highlights and some of the reporting coming out. Bo Nix, Michael Penix, uh, Jackson Powers, Johnson, uh, Braylon Trice—like we we've got Fuaga from Oregon State. We got guys that are absolute units in Mobile, Alabama. And as I mentioned this week, I've become pretty nerdy in reading about it and watching some of the highlights. The game is on Saturday. I am going to record it and I am going to watch it. I just—it's another element of the NFL draft that unfortunately. And I say that because they already have enough of my attention. They've gotten me in. We really need new phones. T-Mobile
1: will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month.
3: New iPhone 15s? It's better over
1: here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. (laughs)
2: Uh, but last night, Schultze, talking about being old, I was really upset. I was like, oh, it's 9.35. I'm not asleep yet. This is terrible. Actually, ditto. Yeah. I I'd like that. I try to go to bed at like 9, as old as that sounds, but it's, it's sometimes with basketball become an impossibility. Uh, so I stayed up for the Ducks and Beavers game. I'll, we'll talk about that as well. Oregon gets a win at USC and Oregon State. What the hell is Oregon State on the road? Because statistically, they're just a completely different team. But I was—I uh, got stuck in nostalgia yesterday watching <laughs> Pacers Knicks. It's just one of those riot's It's—it's. I know this sounds ridiculous to a lot of people now, and we talk about age and, and years. I mean, how long's it been since a Pacer Nick game had the juice? Late nineties. Yeah. But yeah, because when were the Pacers in the NBA Finals last in the big Like 2000s? 2000. Yeah. yeah, 2000. Exactly. There you go. Early 2000. 2000, yeah. Yeah, against the Lakers. That was the year Portland should have gone to the final. Like that. that's really – like. and the Pacers had some good teams, but not some great teams along the way. But I got stuck watching uh, Jalen Brunson tear apart the Indiana Pacers yesterday, and I'm watching this as if I'm like 12 years old feeling Reggie Miller nostalgia. Of all the all the matchups in sports that could get me, I didn't think I cared about Knicks Pacers. And then I had it on my screen visually, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember caring about this game a long time ago." <laughs> ah, Latrell, Spreewell, Allen
3: Houston, oh Allen Houston,
2: yes, oh, Larry Johnson, little bald short Jeff
3: Van Gundy, not Rick Smiths. Oh my God, yeah, we're we're going back. Dale that. Davis, Dale, I love that. Oh hey. Austin Crozier. And then yeah, after Dale Jermaine yeah. O'Neal, too, because they yeah. yeah. continued into the 2000s. Those Knicks Pacers <laughs> games, even in
2: 0405, were pretty good. Uh, man, I, I don't know why, but I got stuck in nostalgia last night with Knicks and Pacers. The Knicks are actually good this year. I like to randomly throw out basketball tidbits to people who hate basketball or don't follow it. The Knicks are good this year, like yeah. legitimately a good team. Jalen Brunson's kicking
3: butt that contract seems to be paying off for them which initially people laughed at but he's
2: yeah he's producing like a star player in the NBA I thought that was odd that people reacted that way to him getting a contract I'm like did you watch the Mavericks if anything I'd be laughing at the Mavericks what are the
3: Mavericks doing there just letting him go I mean they basically traded him for Kyrie essentially without doing so
2: yeah well I think if you gave him the choice they'd take Brunson Brunson's Mm -hmm. physically stronger he's tougher cares more him and Luca worked really Well, together, and now he's running the show in New York. Uh, You know, Josh Hart is one of his running mates. They're an interesting team come deadline, Schultze, the Knicks. If they can add the right piece, it's a team to watch for. Mm -hmm. They're in the top three in the East right now. They're not very far behind uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, who just lost in Portland. Uh, So, you know, the Eastern Conference race is interesting. The Knicks, I said this a couple years ago when they uh, they won that first or that, uh, who did they face? Trey Young and the Hawks, remember they won the one playoff game Oh yeah! and they were seen filing out onto the street, chanting and going crazy and shutting traffic down. At that point, I changed the opinion, Schultz. I want the Knicks to be relevant. Mm -hmm. I think it's good to have some psychos on the East Coast care a lot and then have their hearts broken. I want the Knicks to be good. And oh, no. I, they are this year. Nobody really mentions their acquisition over the
3: offseason of Dante DiVincenzo either. I feel like... Very he, underrated. Exactly. I mean, he kind of exploded last year in Golden State and and whatever it is... They got, got him
2: for less than the mid-level.
3: Oh, that's...
2: When you think about the value we in today's We gave NBA. Gary Payton the second the mid-level. Mm. He played like 10 games and then said, I want to go back to Golden State. And they got Dante DiVincenzo, white Dante... For less than the mid-level.
3: And when you think about that, he's making less than the mid-level just comparative value to, like, you know, NBA scoring leaders right now averaging 25, 28 a game. He's averaging half that, almost 12 and a half a game. So, theoretically, he should be making 20 million, not Four or six, right? So, so this is this was a sneaky good play by New York, and it really shored up their guard play and allowed Jalen Brunson to have somebody that that it just didn't seem like he worked as well with the roster last year. Their younger guys like Toppin kind of got rid of them and found some guys that work in their system. They
2: got tougher. That's true. Yes. Tougher guys is the yeah. It's a Tibbs thing, right? It's it's the physicality. It's, it's defense. It's not backing down. Joel Embiid has a torn meniscus in his knee. That was really unfortunate to read about yesterday. Kaminga, he shouldn't have been... I thought he was not faking it, but I thought he was resting for the Portland game just to play TNT. No, his knee really is still messed up, but he played on the Golden State game on TNT, and Kaminga fell on his knee, and now he has a torn meniscus. We don't we don't know the timeline. Sixers got a win last night. Maxi was amazing, but Embiid's out, so I think he kind of scratched them off the old list of teams. I don't think they were going to win the East anyway, but uh, not good news. The trade deadline is going to be fascinating to see what teams are either looming in the background or teams that are near the top of their conference. The West, for example, is kind of a jumbled mess. Minnesota and OKC are sitting at the top. I don't know how many people truly trust them to go win the Western Conference. I think most people would say, eh, Minnesota can be weird offensively. Gobert has been great defensively. Oklahoma City's fun, but Chet's struggling right now, and, you know, no real experience come postseason conversation. I still think it's Denver in the West. Like, the Clippers might be right there with them, but I don't know if they'll stay healthy the whole way through. Obvious MVP in Jokic again. It it certainly appears that. um, I think him... Giannis, I think that's kind of what you're looking at right now. Milwaukee's been weird despite being a two-seed. So just the landscape of the league is it's um as we get closer and closer to the deadline, it's interesting to see how many teams are gonna get desperate, how many teams are gonna look to just upgrade slightly, and how many teams are gonna try to look to offload. Contracts because they're just not good teams. They're not competing. You kind of wonder if Boston at the top of the East really feels like they need to upgrade as compared
3: to, you know, maybe somebody in the six or seven spot like Miami. They
2: probably need a lot better point guard play they're Oh, gonna... Miami's in a real tailspin right
3: now. Uh, yeah. They, they, they're. I mean, I think,
2: was it them that just pulled off the deal with uh, Charlotte? Yeah, and... they got to- Terry Rosier. Yeah, scary yeah. Terry. Yeah. Uh, there you go. I they're mean... one and six. They're one and six with him. Oh, God. So so
3: flipping Kalari for him didn't quite work out for them. So maybe they need to make another move. I mean, that's kind of... We were just talking yesterday. uh, Go listen on the podcast. You can get them anywhere. But you, we were talking yesterday about how the, there's kind of a, a, a seems like a pause in the market because the assets aren't necessarily there for all these teams the Blazers are going to be most likely at least what we're hearing holding on to
2: Malcolm Brock the draft sucks so the draft pick yeah. stuff doesn't really resonate with a lot of people right now uh, but, but
3: then when you think about players in return there's really no good young talent that's going to be on the move you know Toronto's not giving up a Scotty Barnes yeah. there's really no reason for Charlotte to give up on a Brandon Miller obviously I I only bring that up because those are the scenarios Along with draft picks that you see happening in deals at the trade deadline. So we just, I bet we don't see much movement, but there's got to be a couple of teams, especially in the East, that need something.
2: You know what team in the East I think you needs Malcolm Brockton? Uh, other than Miami, who? Uh, not Miami. It is a Florida team, though. And they're <laughs> in the play-in. They're a nice little young team. I think they could use some seasoning in I the d- veteran department. I do like Orlando. The Orlando Magique. Yeah. I think the Orlando Magic. Could benefit greatly from having a Malcolm Brogdon. Brog seems like a good locker room guy. Go in there. He's on a young team now, but you get to go to a more competing young team that's, you know, star ready. Paolo Banquero is an all-star now.
3: Well, I know. Somebody, somebody a little bit older with the vet experience over Jalen Suggs
2: at the point guard position would absolutely help. That. I don't know how many people do this, but I absolutely do as a Blazer fan. I see young players that come in that I just really like, and I just get pissed when I watch that they become good. Like Paolo Banquero <laughs> for me in that draft, that was the Chet Holmgren-Jabari Smith draft. I remember we talked about that because Portland wasn't very good, so it was like, where was the ping-pong balls going to land? God, I wanted Paolo so I wanted him in the worst way. We were one number away from Wimby. We were, you know, one bad draw of the lottery ball away from a Palo Banquiro. It just sucks when you get so close to having that caliber of player. But Orlando got him, and so they're, I think they're a sneaky team waiting in the trade deadline waters. The other one for the opposite reason, Atlanta. Atlanta is the 10 seed right now. Atlanta sucks and they don't look like they like playing together, they've got some parts, man. DeJounte Murray might be on the way out, even though they traded three first-round picks for him. Maybe they move a DeAndre Hunter... Atlanta's a weird team. That's another team I could see going the opposite way of Orlando. Being more sellers, not so much buyers at the deadline. I love
3: DeJounte Murray. I mean, watching him Do you? Play, oh, God, yeah. I, I would If I were a GM, I'd trade for him in a second. He's kind of he's a must-have if you have a, goal, a hole at the guard position for me in the NBA right now. Perfect age. He's Producing twenty plus a game, mm-hmm. he shoots well. I mean, there's he 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 assists. There's really nothing. I I've been betting on him a lot lately, like overs on three points. Uh, he hasn't necessarily hit those lately, but he fills up the stat sheet. Murray does.
2: Uh, We're going to get some coaching audio today. Trevor Sycama at uh, PFF, their lead draft analyst, is in Mobile, Alabama. He'll join us at seven thirty for a look at the uh, Reese's Senior Bowl. Uh, but coming up next. Underrated part in sports that shows itself once in a while. I'll tell you what it is next, but for Schultze with a sports update.
0: But if you try sometimes, you're my fan.
1: you can you can't This
2: is a football Friday edition of
1: Dirt and
3: Spray. Watching by the RCF
1: on 1080 The Fan.
3: I got Schultz lying about getting breakfast with me. Well, then let's go today, man. To the <laughs> I thought you were joking when you said, he. he uh, yeah, for, for you listeners, he like screamed in my ear during a break like, wants a bacon and eggs after the show? It sounded like a joke or a quote from a TV show. And I was just like, hell yes. And we never. And we then never the reacted. show got over and you went, well, all right, see you later. I was like, oh, OK, all right. Well. That was Thursday. Friday, I stuck around and we chatted. Actually, we walked out together. Don't make
2: excuses. And then you, don't, don't make
3: excuses. you got stopped by King Sella oh, on King the way out. Sella. Paying off Well, he already paid off your bet, so I think he was just kind of giving a
2: ribbon about that. King Sella arguing with, uh, arguing with me about urban hiking and the definition. An urban uh, urban in Brandon, Brandon, it's not hike. It's not hike. It's urban walking. <laughs> okay. Looked up the definition. We're both right. Yeah, we got Luke Anderson. Uh, we did. Luke, Luke in came in and was like, here's week. the definition. And he's like, so we're both right. There we go. We all win. Um, I want to get to a uh, an ownership thing, but I, I, I also saw this story, and I had it on my show sheet. Have you read about the Tony Snell story? I have. This is definitely—it it, kind of hits my heartstrings a, a little bit. Does it? Because the internet, as it, ugly it, as it is, tends to is find ugly. the negative part or the way to scream at somebody. Tony Snell is a nine-year NBA veteran. Tony Snell's not in the league, but he's in the G League right now, trying to make his way up. And you might say, well, okay, Tony Snell, former Blazer, great. The zero, 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 000000 stats guy that everybody passes around when somebody doesn't really perform in a game. Yeah, that Tony Snell. And it's not about being in the NBA as a player. It's so much as this for him is actually about medical insurance. So if he registers and he gets signed by today, today's the deadline for him. If he gets signed by today by a team for the rest of the year, he will be eligible for 10 years of NBA service. He has two young children that both have been diagnosed with autism. He is also on the spectrum. He found this out uh, once he left Portland. His career was kind of in limbo. He had found out that he was also on the spectrum somewhat. Both of his kids, very young kids. He's got a three-year-old and a two-year-old. He found out that they're both... On, they have autism, and he needs 10 years of service to qualify for the player Players Association's Retirees Benefits Program. Gotcha. Charles Barkley went on a big rant on this yesterday on Inside the NBA on TNT of just how great the league is and how great it's been to him and many others and how this feels like the easiest thing to do. If you're a team that's not getting talked about, you're a team that isn't very good, you're a team looking to garner goodwill and positive attention to yourself. Doesn't this seem like kind of a no-brainer move? I know roster spots are fluid, and one spot is one spot. But a guy like Tony Snell that's put in the time, but some weird stipulation cites that he's just short of it, and he can't qualify for retiree, or retiree medical benefits unless he gets signed today. Feels like a pretty easy win for a franchise to put Tony Snell on the roster and say, yeah, Tony, you're not really going to play. You're older. Uh, you can't contribute maybe on the court so much, but be a good locker room guy and we get the feel-good story of giving you the medical benefits by signing you to our team the rest of the season. It's interesting because Schultz, the internet, of course, has then they dive into Googling Tony Snell net worth and say, well, you've got millions of, how about why we stop complaining and just go get your own medical insurance? I don't know. It seems like something that everybody would want. And so Tony Snell is on the quest back to the NBA, not so much for his playing career, but more for medical insurance for his children. Well, let me just say to preface this, I hope that he gets signed by somebody today.
3: I don't think there's any reason, you know, that that the lowly San Antonio Spurs or Portland Trailblazers who still have a couple of two way roster spots. I mean, there's there's you, a way that they could make this happen. You, no, you know no, no, it's not even a two way. The, they only have 14 guys on their roster, so they could sign him to a contract. And there's a couple teams in the East that could at the You, bottom. you tell me the
2: Pistons. The Pistons yeah. have been an embarrassment to the NBA this year. Exactly. They went on that long losing streak. They almost set history, broke records. Nobody got fired. Nothing happened in Detroit. They just broke the losing streak. Gave Monty $70 million. I don't think he can fire. Well, that's true, too. Detroit is sitting right now with six wins, they are six and 41. If I was Detroit and I've evaluated what the experience has been, I'd say it's just been nothing but negativity. Yeah. Why would I not just do this just to have a nice PR win? It's an easy move. Like, Uh, it's not going to affect any of your draft status. You're going to be, number one, you're going to be the worst team in the league. Who cares? Put them on the bench. Tell them to dress in a suit every game. What does it matter? Why would you not want a PR win if you're a team like the Pistons? No, it's
3: an easy move, and I don't think that there's any world in which, I guess the internet sucks, but you wouldn't want somebody, rich or not, to be able to get some medical coverage. And and you know what? The NBA, MLB, NFL – that medical coverage when you get on their 10-year plan like it's pretty good. It's good coverage. Yeah, yes. the, and it's it's definitely better than I would say like the average health plan for somebody and I get it. He's rich. However, medical costs are soaring. Come on, folks. Millionaire or not, the dude has already... I get it. People are going to be like, Schultz, you're defending a guy that makes a ton of money. We need to
2: stop with the... Our Google search said you have X amount of dollars, so that means you really have X amount of dollars. Exactly. We don't actually
3: know how much money he has. We don't know... There's so many different tax rates. Every single athlete... And yes... They make millions, but they're taxed at almost a 60% rate. So anytime you see, I'm not saying feel sorry for them. I'm just trying no, to say, yeah, like, I know. N- like, but no, we're going to get taxed. Oh, it's Chelsea defending the rich guy. No, let me finish. I am saying that when you see an amount that, like, Tony Snell, where people were Googling what his career earnings were, over $55 million, no, it's probably about 40% of that. And that's just overall time. Do you think that he still has... 20-some million dollars in his bank account. No. And when you have two kids with autism, you have autism yourself. There's going to be costs associated with that for your entire
2: life. I just think it's an easy thing yeah. for the league and teams to just say, yeah, we'll help you out. And the deadline is today. The story was written by Jake Fisher, friend of the show. Uh Quincy I tried to get him on for today to talk about the trade deadline and to bring up the fact that he wrote a good piece with Tony Snell on that. Uh, but the attention's out there, man. The story's out there. So we'll see if a team is going to do it. But it's kind of one of those, it's looming in the background of that sport. Uh, coming up next, Schultze, let's, college football craziness and what it's leading to. Something going on in the NCAA and college football I want to talk about and what it's kind of leading to. Something that happened a couple days ago and happened again yesterday. So we'll talk about that coming up next on The Fan.
1: This is a Football Friday edition of Dirt and Sprague.
3: Brought to you by the
2: Odyssey App. On ten eighty the fan. Well, college football is uh, kind of in a weird crazy spot right now. You can hear it from people that cover the sport. And it's what's nuts about it is how excited people are for next season. Uh you know, Washington Husky fan is devastated losing a coach in and their entire starting offense and a ton of defensive guys and portal exits, but, you know, Fish is there and Will Rogers decided to come back instead of opting into the portal again. And, you know, maybe there's some optimism there that yeah, maybe you won't win the big 10, but you can be feisty and take a step. And then in two years, you can be back. Oregon is certainly feeling themselves right now. They're number one, two, or three, depending on the publication with transfer portal And just in general, when you talk about college football championship odds, they're right in the thick of it. And there's all of these fans that are jacked for it and excited. And we've got, you know, conference realignment. Oregon State fan, as bummed as they were about the Pac-12 dissolving and kind of being left out, they're excited. Trent Bray, the guy decided to stay, thought Jonathan Smith was doing it wrong. Like, a lot of fan bases – I think still genuinely excited about their programs and the way that they're going. And yet the sport itself is in this weird mess. It's just messy. It's the portal is sloppy. We've got two, two signing days, coaches constantly on the move or programs having to replace the coach because a bigger program took the coach. And like, it's kind of ugly. And the craziness is still ensuing. Speaking of suing, Tennessee and Virginia have both sued the NCAA. Whoa. I didn't get to this yesterday, but they they both filed lawsuits. They, they're they telling the NCAA to kick rocks because Tennessee is under investigation for NIL. It was leaked to the media what their investigation was and how, how they basically they got the Nico kid inked to a deal is what this investigation is about. While he was still technically a high school player, hey, We'll give you $8 million to come be a volunteer. How ironic. $8 million to be a volunteer. Uh, but yeah. they're being investigated and they didn't like that that got leaked to the media. Florida's being investigated because of the Jaden Rashada stuff. Like the NCAA is coming after some programs here and they're they're pushing back. So Virginia jumped in on the lawsuit with Tennessee, and they're suing the NCAA because they're telling their NIO guidelines to kick rocks. And so we we cite him sometimes. He's a good friend of the show. I listened to Josh Pate yesterday and how the sport's in such a good place and yet it just feels like it's not in a lot of ways. And I I don't know how this is all going to morph and what it's going to become and how we're going to sort it out, but in many ways we love it and we're watching it more, and yet the sport itself – kind of feels fundamentally broken right now, and there's things they need to fix, and coaches, certainly, I know they get paid a lot, but coaches being stuck in this weird world of, I have to recruit high school kids, oh, and then we need you to recruit other players on other teams, and oh, we need you to go recruit your own roster because you might lose them to the portal. So as exciting as it all is, and many fan bases are jacked for what their teams will be next year. We're also sitting in a, a point of uncertainty, questioning. It feels like leadership doesn't exist right now. And it's driving some coaches out. Now, I don't think Saban left just because of NIL and the portal. I certainly think that's part of the equation. But he also admitted he didn't have his fastball. He, he was still a really good pitcher. Obviously got to the playoff. But didn't quite feel like he was his peak self. And so he left. We talked about the Boston College guy yesterday. There's another current coach, still the head coach, trying to get out of the sport. And so it's, Schultz, see, the whole thing is just odd to me that we're covering it. We love it. We're devoted to it. And yet it feels fundamentally broken right now.
3: Well, I think. Uh, this is probably that broken feeling comes from all that uh, what we called seedy activity happening behind the scenes where players were getting paid, you know, but, but it was under the table where you were hearing about the rumors of, of different handshake deals happening. That's all been brought out to the forefront now. All that stuff is essentially legal minus, you know, a couple of, you know, you can't talk to a high school kid and sign them, you know, while they're still in
2: high school. But did you see Noah Fafita's dad? He did an interview. Did you see this? I did not see Noah, Noah Fafita's Fafi- dad. Noah Fafita's dad, the quarterback for Arizona, who him and his teammates, largely, they lost a couple guys, but announced in a cool video, we're coming back. Well, yeah, Cat yeah, big, big
3: return, yeah.
2: It's massive. It's Arizona, they, yeah. they might be the best team in the Big 12 next year. I think it's them. I think it's Utah. We'll see what, uh, you know, like Oklahoma State, what they're going to be. But Arizona's got optimism. Noah Fafita's dad did an interview and said, the minute Jed Fish left, they were being hit up by programs. Of course. That's that's not how that works. His name wasn't in the portal. That's illegal. And I, I think that's the difficulty of it is how do you – not that they weren't doing this on the side, but, like, the transferring part of this is substantially different. You can say, well, bags of cash have always existed, Sprague. You're not wrong. But this one feels it – it's different. This isn't a bag of cash. You didn't have transfers this way. You didn't have players who – Hey, your coach left, so you're immediately eligible to play at another team if you hit this 30-day portal window. Like, Darius Clemens is an Oregon State receiver. Mm -hmm. He went from Michigan. Michigan lost Harbaugh. Darius Clemens is going to play next year. This wasn't what we had with the bags of cash era. It was still the haves and the have-nots, but it's, it's, it's expanded itself. So I thought that was an interesting admission of, yeah, my son's not in the portal and he's getting hit up the minute his coach leaves. It's not great. It's it's just it and it's brutal for these coaches in these at uh, these these football programs because what do you do to combat it? Uh, but, but does the NCAA have an incentive to fix it? This is essentially what... No, they feel flat-footed. Like, they don't know what's happening right now. It's kind of how this feels to w- me. Well,
3: and they're making a ton more money. They've got a ton more eyes. They're still breaking records when it, when it comes to national championships, when it comes to people tuning into Viewership regular season games. Up I, this year.
2: And the distribution was up this it's year. It's the second biggest sport in North America. In, in America, the United States. Let's yeah. take Canada out of this. For just America, it's the second biggest sport we have. Mm-hmm. I love the NBA. A lot of you love baseball, and you continue. We'll continue to like those sports. College football is number two in in sports, and you know what? Like, it feels like they're they're not ready to handle it. They're not equipped to handle this right now, and so there's this weird NCAA thing brewing. The NIL, the portal. It's just it's hard to follow it and maintain it. So I don't know what the fix is. And here's the breaking news: nobody does yet. There now, is maybe maybe Schultzy. It's a CBA. Maybe it's mm-hmm. a players' union because you can certainly make a point. We've jumped the their student athletes. These are employees now. Their lives are. What are you majoring? Football. To quote yeah. Cardell Jones, "We're here to play school." Yeah, I mean that's what it is for a lot of these programs and their kids. And I, I just I'm I'm fascinated watching the evolution of this. I said this a, a couple months ago. We're in the moment now. We're living in the evolution of the sport. As it moves closer and closer, as it already is, but it moves closer and closer to basically being the G League equivalent to the NFL, with SEC and Big Ten and whatnot.
3: There is no fix, Sprague, and that is because you always, whether or not these cases are happening behind closed doors, or now we're hearing admissions from players' dads that they're getting hit up before these players even enter the transfer portal, this is all subjective. You're handling this as the entity that's disciplining these players or, or or coaches subjectively, and I always will point to the example last season when LeBron James in the NBA, and this is true NFL, NBA, NCAA. I feel like all these you know major sports handling. A ton of money and profits handle this stuff the same way. But when LeBron James came out, very publicly said, I don't care where it is. I don't care when it is. I'm going to play on the same team as my son, Bronny James. That's technically tampering. I mean, the fact that you're throwing that out there publicly, stating while you're under contract with another team, mind you, that you have future plans to sign with another team that you're not on, there's there's a lot of issue there. Nobody cared in the NBA. And when that happens, there's probably going to be calls that have, A, already been made to LeBron or plans that have already been discussed while he's under contract. That's technically not legal under NBA bylaws. Like, so really, but but nobody's going to pursue him for that. Nobody's going to pursue Bronny for that. And I, frankly, I find it stupid. And if you're not going to make the rule apply for everybody, don't make it apply at all. And you ask me, what's the solution? Well, then the, the, the solution is to get rid of all the rules, just have a player be able to be contacted at all times and have an agent in college football even say, hey, no, this guy's not interested. Or if you're under contract for a school from like September of 2023, it, it, it's got to last until like January 10th of 2024 or something like that there are ways to fix this but if we just continue to subjectively punish some and not others there will never be any any gain any
2: any ground gained in this issue you started that with saying there is no way to fix this and you ended by saying there are ways (laughs) no maybe but they're not gonna i
3: i i i think
2: that i think the lebron thing is not an apt comp i don't uh, not in any way okay saying you have a desire to play for your kid one day there's with he's your not kid. naming a team and if he's a free agent there's no that's not tampering. There's no you're not but breaking there's, any rules. There's rule. going
3: to be discussions before he's a free agent. There have already been discussions. I guarantee that you you don't think that there haven't been calls about that. And that's what I'm saying. These kinds of calls, as you mentioned, well, Fufita, uh, who are you calling? You don't know when he's leaving college or who he's getting picked by. What calls are you making? Uh, Cleveland and Miami. He's already discussed. I'm I, I I would bet the house I don't own that there are back channels
2: either. His people. Somebody's planning for this. Bronny's. Well, uh, yeah, I, planning for you. Playing with you kid is one thing talking to team like you can't talk to teams if you don't know who they're picking Uh, and who's picking when you can I just don't think that's that I don't think that's an apt comp okay I think the problem though at some point is gonna get fixed I just don't know who's gonna be in a leadership position to fix it but let's kick this over to the other side because there was a name that popped up that we're very familiar with in our area and I think he's another case of I'm I don't want nothing to do with this so we'll talk about that